I'm not entirely sure how they did it. But, uh... <laughs> the Toronto Blue Jays beat the uh, L.A. Dodgers 6-3 last night in 11 innings. What were they with runners in scoring positions? Four for so, 20. Four for 20. <laughs> uh, the first three guys in the order, Jeff, were two for 17. Stay hot. With two RBIs. George Springer had himself a night, didn't Boy, he? Boy, he's trying. <laughs> eh. Yeah. Uh, game two of the series goes tonight at 10-10. Uh, Chris Bassett against Julio Urias. Buck Martinez will join us from the ballpark at 5.30. Mark Feinstein, the executive reporter with MLB.com, will be along nice. at 6 as we take a look at some of the trade rumors. The uh, Boston Red Sox and the L.A. Dodgers have already made a deal. Kike Hernandez is off to the... L.A. Dodgers, rejoin the Dodgers. Um, you know, the, the Red Sox are kind of in an interesting situation here. They're, they're a couple of games back of the Blue Jays. And, and really, I, I think, you know, when we move into the trade deadline, we like to talk about uh, teams being buyers, teams being sellers. I, I look at the Red Sox as kind of, they're upgraders. And what I mean by that is they will try to, make moves that will make them better this year, that will upgrade them in some capacity this year, and also upgrade them next year. And basically, they're getting rid of guys who are, um, you know, missile, kind, kind of miscellaneous. I mean, the Red Sox outfield and infield has settled down to the point. Now Trevor Story is going to be back at some point. They've settled down where Kike Hernandez is really like their 24th or 25th guy. So they're getting a couple of... Uh, they need a number two starter, is your point. Yeah, they're getting a couple of yeah. uh, upper levels minor league relievers. And I would take that to mean that they're probably getting... it. Yeah, they're probably... Those two upper levels relievers, one of those guys may end up pitching for the Red Sox this year or something like that. Yeah. And that that's probably what you're looking at. But uh, Kike Hernandez off to the to rejoin the Dodgers. And, uh, you know, we trade deadline is now a week away and well i guess i'll ask you I, i'm not going to ask after i'm not going to ask after every jay jay's game does this change what you think the team needs nope. or has it increased and anything like that um I, I think if anything this game just reinforced Absolutely. what we've said all along uh this lineup ain't working i mean i i, I can't put it any other way now you're going to say, Jeff, why are you saying that when they won 6-3? Well, again, I don't know quite how they won a game on the road going 4-for-20 with runners in scoring position with their three. What did you say? They were 2-for-17, the first three guys. Their best hitter this year, not in the lineup mm-hmm. uh, because of, I guess, load management uh, is, is what we're calling. He a day off. Yeah, no. Yeah, and I'm not they didn't really uh, get it. I'm but. not saying. But, you know, even in that 11th inning, and you pointed this out, even even in that 11th inning now, I mean, they did get their three runs, but they also had three more whacks with the bases loaded. Kiermaier, Springer, and Guerrero. Yeah, so just some of the advanced, and, the, and, the way they, they look. They, with, they with, came up, they, they, they couldn't add on another run. Yeah, it's not always about a, getting a hit. It's about being having a productive at-bat with a dude standing at third base with less than two outs. And for whatever reason, the approach that they have, whether it's swinging too hard, whether it's trying to pull the baseball, 
whether it's trying to hit a grand slam instead of just trying to hit the ball hard in the big part of the field, right? It's simplified that much. Don't try and overthink it. Look right down the middle. I'm not sure this team is capable of doing that all the time. And that, for me, is what's frustrating. Not, not only was I trying to win a bet because, you know, they score one more run, we we get more than nine and a half runs, and we look like geniuses on this show. But, you know, you get you get three chances with the bases loaded in the 11th inning, like you mentioned. That That's all I say. It's the, it's the approaches that you wonder when they walk to the plate. Why does it look that way? You know, I, I guess you could see George Springer because he is a straight-up-and-down guy. Eyes are really far away from the strike zone. When that's the deal, you tend to be off balance sometimes. Your stride foot tends to be a little bit longer. It's hard to repeat it in the same spot all the time. And that's why they throw a bunch of breaking balls. And sometimes you see those weak arm swings instead of always using his lower half and staying balanced and staying behind the baseball and thinking right center. You know, so, yeah, I just think the approaches for me consistently is an issue. And thank goodness they got really good pitching. Like, they're, mm. they're again, We've said this. The, the pitching is the reason why they're at where they're at. But sooner or later, I think this season, if they, they if they think they're going to win a playoff series, somebody's got to get a big hit or two. And the question you got to ask yourself is, do you think that guy's on this team? That's the question. Well, hmm. that's, that's not a really good. Well, no, it's not. I, I, there are two guys that immediately come to mind. Uh, maybe Matt Chapman, but it, it would be Bo and Vladdy. But, I mean, no, it's uh, – this lineup is just uh, – I mean, I'm going to s- stick with the same same phrase I've used all along. It's incomplete. And I don't know if you can complete that lineup at the trade deadline. I just uh, – It'll be tough. I, I, just, I, I just don't know. Uh, you look at the hitters that are out there and the hitters that are rumored to be in the market – Guys like Tim Anderson and, and Andrew McCutcheon. And, well, I don't think Andrew McCutcheon is necessarily going to be dealt. But Tim Anderson, uh, and I'm leaving aside Otani. Tim Anderson, Cody Bellinger. We see there's a rumor today that Adam Duval, uh, the Braves have an interest in him. And again, that is the Red Sox looking to clear a backlog of players to make room for some of their own young guys mm-hmm. and possibly open up spots for spots for another trade i've got to think that the red sox would be all over somebody like like marcus stroman or or lance lynn or any of those pitchers that are available because goodness knows they're going to need pitchers this year just to finish out the season and next year as well uh so so you know so so why not go out why not go out and and add that but uh you know to get back to the blue jays yeah i i uh Cody Bellinger is the best bat on the market as far as we know. Again, non-Shohei Otani category. And and part of the deal with adding pieces, and this gets back to what Alex and the Braves did a couple of years ago, you want to add guys who were playing well at the time. You really, you know, you really don't want to add a guy who's having a down year. You don't want to add a guy who... Uh, you know, is necessarily on the way down in his career, although that's less important than how well the guy is playing at this time. But that's why when you add when you yeah. add guys who are playing well and you put them into your team and they hit the gr- hit the ground running, I mean that's ultimately those are ultimately the moves that play off. You, you, pay you, off. I'm you need sorry. you need hitters who can do damage and have competitive at bats. 
if you add those two together down the stretch, it would hope if you're a Jays fan and an organization fan that they would be better than what you got. And that's the whole point here is trying to add some names or, or some hitters that could do things like that. And, you know, lay off a slider in a two strike count, stop chasing an elevated fastball early in account with a dude stand on second. Don't get yourself out. That's the point. That's what you're trying to do. Consistently you see that all the time. Now we're talking like they lost last night, but I got to be honest with you. I was watching the game. It feels like they lost. And I, that that's the tough thing to get past is whenever you watch this team and consistently the pitching they get and even the bullpen, like Jay Jackson was really good. Top of the order, mm-hmm. ninth inning. I mean, he got out of that three up, three down. I mean, that, that that's exactly what they're doing consistently and giving that lineup a chance. But how long is that going to last? I know down the stretch here and the lights are going to start getting a little bit brighter and, you know, every single one of these teams, every single pitch, every Every time you throw a slider to a good hitter, those sliders are going to matter. And how much longer can this last? That's the question. And that's why we continue to say, and the organization quietly is saying out loud that they need to go out and try and make a move that would give them a competitive out when it matters the most. So it'd be intriguing to see what they do. And I will say this, hopefully it happens sooner than later. Yeah, I listen, uh, in the very least, I expect to see this organization get some bullpen help. I know Mark Feinsand will join us. He suggests that the Jays might be in on Jordan Hicks. Uh, he suggests they might be in on a lefty reliever uh, with the Rockies. And I've got a brain cramp. Brent's, uh, Brent Suter, sorry, suggests they may be in on somebody like that. I can see the Jays doing that. Um, if you can't add something if you can't make that big move to the middle of the order and again that big move may not be out there then then really what i'd like to see the jays do is get some help for the bullpen mm-hmm. in the eighth inning uh i'm fine with the rotation the way it is right now get some help for the bullpen in the eighth inning and just if you can't add that if you can't add cody bellinger add somebody who is going to play for you on a day-to-day basis and gives you a little bit of something you don't have. It may not be a game changer, but somebody that can, you know, maybe pinch hit, not hit into a double play or take some at bats away from Dalton Varsho. There you go. More than, you know, more than anything else. I mean, I, you know, ideally you, I think you'd like to have belt and Varsho. Uh, You'd like to reduce their at bats, but that may just be, it may be too hard. Uh, it, it it may be too hard to do that. And again, it seems odd saying that after a night where Dalton Varsho got the big hit of the game, uh, a, a basis loaded double, but um, sample size, right? Sample size suggests that uh, you're not going to get that. 41 games Dalton between Varsho. two RBI That's games. That's stunning. Think about that. That means he went 41 games between having two RBIs or more in one game. That's a lot of games. Especially when, when he's you play every day and, and you play every day fifth and hitting behind who he's been hitting behind and having all the chances that he's had. That's the point you've been getting at for however long you've been saying it, that it's you're okay with him not playing every day in, in September though that just saying that 41 games out loud is a lot. I mean, he got a big hit last night. Good for him. Again, that, that gets back to the pitching more than it does the hitting. I mean, sooner than later, you would think with 20 chances, they're going to get a big hit sooner than later. Mm. So I guess you give them credit for having the 20 chances. But it's just a fact that who's consistently getting those chances that for whatever reason, 
Have you thought any more? Again, I'm really intrigued to ask Buck this because maybe there's no explanation for it. Maybe there's no explanation for it at all. But again, we saw George Springer hit into hit a first pitch double play yesterday. George Springer hits into a lot of double plays. George Springer's not slow. Yeah, George Springer's a guesser. Uh, George Springer, you know, I. I mean, Kevin Kiermeyer isn't slow. Dalton Varsho isn't slow. I mean, there, there, there aren't. It's, it's not always Kirk and Espinall, slow guys who are hitting in the number eight spot. I, I just and, and are on base when when George hits into double play. And I, I have no idea. That may just be a thing. I mean, that that, that just may be baseball. Mm-hmm. But man, I, I have a, I just have a hard time figuring out why George Springer hits, yeah. hits into so many yeah, double I would, plays. I, I would say a lot of it. Now, this is an educated guess and just watching it every single day and trying to break down at bats and wonder why a guy that has is that good at hitting a baseball has the at-bats sometimes that he has, especially with dudes standing on third base and, you know, passing the baton in a way that is letting it travel, getting the ball down the middle and hitting the ball hard to right center. That, that's sort of what you expect to see from him. I think the 3.5 pitches per plate appearance is a big deal, right? And that gets back to the educated guessing thing. Whenever you see spin, you're sitting on spin, you're going to swing at spin wherever spin's at. And then because you have bat-to-ball skills and you have enough bat speed, you're going to get barreled of that. But most of the time, it's not going to go where you want it to go. And then it ends up going to a, a you know a lollipop line drive to the second baseman with the bases loaded, and you hit into a double play and you break up a rally. It's sort of that kind of thing. So, that's me guessing a lot of that. But a lot of this, Jeff, is what I've been telling you about Vladdy. It's about what you're swinging at. When mm-hmm. Vladdy gets the ball down the middle, he hits the ball harder than any human alive. When he doesn't, he doesn't. I mean, it's it's basically because pitching is that good now that it's really that simple. When Matt Chapman gets a ball that's somewhat in the middle of the zone where he can take that nice little easy inside out like Gratterall. I mean, it's 99, a little sank, but it's a little middle in, and it's in his sweet spot because of how far he stands off uh, away from the plate that he's able to inside out that, get the barrel to, create backspin, and hit it out to right center. It's about what you swing at. John Snyder's been on our show a bazillion times. We listen to hitters who struggle for weeks at a time. When you start talking to them again, they say the same exact thing. It's not mechanical. It's about what I'm swinging at. If I can lay off that, and get something that I think I can drive, and my mechanics match up to, the ball will go where I want it to go. George Springer's no different. Sometimes I think he thinks he is, but he's not. He has tons of talent offensively. It's just those at-bats of when you see him do what he does early in counts, why are you doing that? That's all. I just want to go back. uh, Our friend Jeff Passan, who who is still in in sickbay, after having a tree fall on him. He's a trooper. He is a trooper. He is. Uh, put out his uh, trade preview at ESPN. I want to read what he said about the Blue Jays. Mm. Despite currently holding the final wild card spot, Toronto hasn't done enough to convince ownership to open up the coffers, leaving the Blue Jays precisely where they've been all season, the muddled middle. That said, when asked where Otani could wind up if he's moved, three of the most popular answers from executives were Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and Toronto. And then as Passon points out, the Jays are a longer shot due to a thinner farm system. That suggests to me, and, and knowing the, uh, when Passon talks to baseball executives, he fishes in a pretty deep pond. Uh, so 
that suggests to me that the industry expects the Jays to do something. That the industry expects the Jays to do something significant. Otani would certainly be significant. Um, you know, I'm not going to go down that road because I just said, you know, mm-hmm. it just makes my head explode even even mm-hmm. the, the, the possibility of it. But this does kind of, it, it touches on, I guess, the unique situation the Blue Jays are in, in that they've got a big payroll. Yeah. Um, they're at or over the first luxury tax threshold. Uh, they, you know, the, the ballpark renovations have gone well. Mm-hmm. Attendance is robust. The TV numbers are great. All that good stuff. And it's, It's like, despite all that, there is a sense that this team has been a disappointment this year. Mm-hmm. And it's odd kind of balancing off the reality of the Jays' payroll and the reality of this lineup. Mm-hmm. And, and just trying to figure out how it all it all meshes together. And I, and I really think part of the equation here as well is the AL East is, uh, it, I mean, it's shifted. It, it, it's, you know, you're not chasing the Rays anymore. You're chasing the Orioles. And yeah, you still have to catch the Rays. But it's really, it, it's been a really bizarre season so far in that, I mean, we talked about it in this show. I bet if you asked, 100 Jays fans, 95 would say the season's been disappointing. Yeah. But yet, if you look at some of them, I mean, we talked about this. Their record in June and July. Yeah. Better than most. Better than most. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think there's the sense that they are just kind of in the mushy middle. Not bad enough to be really bad and maybe not good enough that that one move puts them over the top. The question is, if, if that is reality, Sometimes teams don't always yeah. act realistically, I, right? Because again, there's I, yeah. pressure. There's pressure. There's jobs at stake here. I think this. Oh, no year. question. There's jobs at stake uh-huh. this year, and that introduces something into the equation that kind of goes. I mean, now you get to the the motivation of the individuals running the team, yeah. and nothing gets you motivated more than the idea that perhaps the people who employ you are looking at what you've done and said, you know, this just isn't good enough. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, it, let me ask you this. If what they weren't doing well is more pitching than it was offensively, I think it, would we be thinking or looking at this team differently? Yeah, because I, I, I still, I think you can go out and do creative things with your pitching. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give, I, and again, I look at Russ, I, I'm going to go back to this. The, 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 the additions of Richards, the, the the way the Jays handled Tim Mazel, like that they've made some good bullpen decisions. Yeah, it's worked out. And even Adam Simber. Last year, Adam Simber was important. They don't get to the playoffs without Adam Simber Absolutely last year. Not. At one point, he was John Schneider's most trusted reliever, other than probably other than than Jordan Romano. So, yeah, I if, if it was just pitching, I'd be really confident that they would be able. You know, that you've got Chad Green coming yeah. back and Hyunjin Ryu, although it looks now as if he won't start this weekend. His, his next start will either be uh, in AAA or in the minor league complex where he's going to deload 
Yeah, it sounds more like Manoa. Whatever. Changed yeah. their mind a little bit to give. Oh, well, I think that. Yeah, that, that's what it was. That that very well mm-hmm. uh, may be part of it. But um, if that was the case, then yeah, I'd feel good. If this lineup was producing the way it should be producing, yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, th- this team is so close. Right? And, and, and I can't say that now because I don't think this team is that close. Like, I understand what the front office is saying. I just, if this was May, Maybe I'd look at it and go, okay, there's a chance that there can be improvement here. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. This may be this may be Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s year. He's got a home run against a lefty this year yet? Nope. This may be Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s year. 54 at best. Uh, this may be George Springer's year. You know, I, this may be kind of what it is. Matt Chapman, this may be his year. I, I, I look at this lineup right now and I go, where is that oomph going to come from? And and maybe it's Vladdy, but I, I it, it's just it's very odd. It's a, it's a really only this team could beat the Dodgers six eleven at Dodger Stadium, or sorry six three and eleven innings at Dodger Stadium, and have people coming away going, yeah, but took them eleven innings, gee, eleven and 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 <laughs> a, you know finally four yeah. for twenty. I mean the Dodgers basically spoon fed them opportunities Absolutely. time and again, and the Dodgers didn't play good defense and. Yeah, and and that's the thing. You know, you come away thinking six three over the Dodgers is nothing to, is nothing to sneeze at. Um, but yeah, you 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 come away feeling that there there it was something less than what you thought it would be. Um, before we break and bring it, bring in Buck Rogers, your thoughts about Jose Barrios last night? Uh, wasn't his best fastball, but again, <laughs> yeah, kept it together. That's Buck Martinez, by the way. What did I say? Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers, okay. <laughs> also bring Brock Martin. Buck's been called Buck's been called worse, I'm sure. Um, that's what happens when you have too many bucks in your baseball life. <laughs> but um the what did you make of Barrios? Uh I this is I gotta be honest with you, this is the first thing I thought of, and I told you this today when I saw you. Is last year that would have went an inning and a third. Yeah. It didn't. Like yeah. just because of the four seam command, because of the lefties he had to face, because the slurve wasn't slurving the way he wanted it to slurve, the changeup was sometimes non-competitive. The four seamer was a little all over the place, glove side, arm side, elevated with two strikes. Like he was just having a real issue of getting it where he wanted it to go, but he fought through it, and he had enough velocity on when he did throw those things for strikes. Now the slurve. I will say this, was competitive enough that his misses were good. They weren't cement mixing right down the middle. Like last year, that slurve would have been right down the middle and they would have been hit very hard, and that's why he would have only went an inning and a third. It's for whatever reason now, because of the mechanics, I would think is, you know, adds a little bit more confidence to them to where he's felt it enough to know that if he can throw one or two to get that sort of mechanic feel that when the front foot hits the ground and it's out front, that he can repeat that enough to give his team a chance. And that's sort of all you want to do. He averaged 19 pitches an inning last night. Like, it wasn't the greatest of starts. But it's against the Dodgers. It's on the road. He's smart enough to, you know, if you can get just make that one pitch to get yourself out of it and give up the run. Like, I mean, he was in trouble, what, the first, the second, and the fifth. Like, it could have went real 
south real quick, and it didn't. And give him credit for that. And this gets back to the point where it's just he gave the lineup a bunch of chances to help him out. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, let's not lie. Like it was, you know, other other than the Hayward three two heater right down the middle. He was okay. Like, I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't awful. It was okay. And you'll take okay this far into the season against a good team on the road. He gave him a chance, and that's sort of what they've been doing all year. Give him a chance. Buck Martinez. There you go. Is our Blue that. Jays analyst on Sportsnet. Uh, he will have the call tonight's game along with Dan Schulman. Chris Bassett against Julio Urias. Tonight at 10-10, a reminder, tomorrow's game is a 4-10 first pitch. You say Kikuchi against Tony Gonsolin. Buck Martinez joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Find out we'll be joined by Jose Mocha, Dodgers analyst, 6.30. We'll get to find out the uh, Dodgers' take on the acquisition of Kike Hernandez from the Boston Red Sox, a deal that was just pulled off a couple of minutes ago. The Red Sox getting a couple of minor league pitchers in return, uh, one of whom I believe has actually appeared in the majors this year. Nick Robertson and Justin Hageman, a pair of uh, right-handed pitchers going to from the upper levels of the uh, Dodgers minor league system, uh, going uh, <clears throat> to the Red Sox. Red Sox also, according to some reports, may be interested in trading Adam Duval. There appears to be some suggestion that a reunion with the Atlanta Braves may be imminent there. So I, that, that's, I mean, that's kind of what I would do. That's kind of what I would do if I was in the Red Sox position. I got to look, see what I try to make me better for this year. Try to make me better for next year. In some ways, it, you know, maybe that's the approach that Jays need to take here. Ooh, really? Because, well, I mean, I'm just oh, you know, they're going to need a third baseman next year. Oh, probably need a second baseman next year. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, some would say worry about next year. Yeah, in the off season. Uh, mm-hmm. Buck Martinez. Uh, Blue Jays analyst on Sportsnet joins us from Los Angeles. Buck, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself today. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Um, I don't know if you can possibly answer this question uh, because I don't know how much of it is just kind of baseball, how much of it is luck, whatever. But I, again, last night we saw George Springer hit into a double play. George Springer hits into a lot of double plays. And, Buck, he is not the slowest person on the planet. And, you know, he's hitting behind Kevin Kiermeyer, who's not the slowest person on the planet. And sometimes Dalton Varsho, who's not the slowest person on the planet. Now, it is true, sometimes it is Alejandro Kirk, who might be one of the slowest people on the planet. Is, is this just, like, baseball luck? or How, how do you view that? Because it does. I mean, it's killed a lot of rallies for this team. Well, it sure has, Jeff. And uh, I don't know if there's any rational explanation for it, but last night in the fifth, of course, the double play, and then in Seattle, 
on Sunday hitting the two double plays, uh, a one, two, three double play, and then a six, four, three double play. And, and yeah, he's going through a tough stretch right now. No question about it. And you know what? Um, I talked to him about playing at Dodger Stadium after he was the MVP of the World Series in 2017. And I said, what's it mean to you to come back here? And he kind of discounted, oh, it's just another ballpark. But then he got into it. And he said, yeah, it was a special series, and it did a lot for baseball. And obviously, um, you know, he was the MVP of that series. But last night, the crowd was really on him, and it seemed as though it got worse every time he came to the plate. Mm-hmm. And I don't care who you are or how long you've played, that, that kind of gets to you. And he took some wild swings, you know, trying to to get back at the crowd. But, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not in the lineup tonight. You know, uh, John has talked about resting all of these guys, especially those uh, top-of-the-order guys, uh, with the off day coming up Thursday. And Bo got his day off yesterday. Uh, Brady Chapman or uh, Springer going to get an off day in the next two days. So mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's tonight. Uh, but, you know, it might be tomorrow with the left-hander starting Arias, but it might be tomorrow, so we'll see. But, uh, yeah, Springer's going through a tough time right now. Uh, Buck, they were 4-for-20 last night runners to scoring position. Now, some would say that's a lot of chances. The more chances you get, the better chance you got uh, getting the big hit, like Varsho did last night, right? You run enough guys up there, sooner or later you're going to get one of them. Buck, I, the names in the back of their jerseys are too good to go 4-for-20 a lot. They do that quite a bit. Is that more luck? Or do you think the approaches that they have consistently with dudes on base or especially in runners in scoring position just aren't real good a lot of the times? Uh, Kevin, I, I think more than anything, guys uh, are trying to do a little bit too much. And, you know, uh, when when they're really going well, we, we haven't seen this team hot. We haven't seen, you know, five or six guys in the lineup hot at the same time. And when you look at their record, uh, it's a little surprising that they're as good as they are with their record, given the fact the offense hasn't been up to expectations. Yeah. And and I think at some point you've got to expect they're going to get hot. Uh, I know we're running out of games, and I'm not making excuses for them, but like you said, these guys are too good to continue to struggle. I mean, the Dodgers last night, they were two for 13 with runners in scoring position. So sometimes you got to tip the cap to the pitchers. Yeah. But you're right. The, overall, the team, the Blue Jays, have not hit well in the in the clutch situations. And I think more than anything, it's just a product of trying too hard. And, you know, uh, and Vladdy's swinging a lot of first pitches right now. Uh, you know, he wants to make something happen so badly. I think uh, a couple times late in the game, you know, he steps up there and he's swinging away without really getting a real good pitch to hit. And I, I think we saw that with Bo in Seattle. I think we've seen it with George lately. And, you know, Chappie's starting to come around again, going opposite field last night. But we haven't seen this team hot and offensively hot where they'll put up seven, eight, nine runs uh, g- game after game after game where the lineup just keeps producing. And thank goodness for Whit Merrifield. Uh, he's been on base a lot lately. And, uh, you know, he's an important part of this offense. But, uh, you know, I-, I think there's a hot stretch coming. I just hope it comes very quickly. Buck, you know, whenever I first went to the big leagues, I, I learned real quick that plate awareness was a big thing, right? I-, I chased a lot of balls in off the plate. It cost me big league time. I mean, that's the easiest way I can say it. It was not because I didn't know how to hit or I wasn't prepared to hit. It was just when I went to the plate consistently, I was chasing chasing that one pitch in off the plate. With Dalton Varsho, is there something you think he can take away from his season this year that going into the offseason that you think if he just hones in on this one little thing 
next year when we see him, he'll be a much better hitter and he'll take off and be sort of the hitter that we think he can be. Hey, Kevin, that's a great point. I think there's a lot of factors that have gone into uh, the season he's had. Uh, he's a terrific player. He, he really, And you saw the reaction of the team last night when he got that big double. Everybody's pulling for this guy. He's the hardest worker on the team. He, he busts his ass every single day. He's been a great defender in the outfield. He's saved more runs than any outfielder in baseball. But I, I think he's just got to learn that there's a pitch about letter high that he can't get on top of, and he's got to change his sights and lower his sights a little bit. A lot of those pitches that he's swinging at with two strikes are balls, and they keep going upstairs up the ladder, and he's trying to prove to them that he can hit it. But I think he's going to have to realize that, <laughs> that you know, that, that's a pitch he's going to have to take. It's a tough pitch to take with two strikes for sure because, Kevin, you know, yeah. as a hitter, you really see that ball well. Mm -hmm. It's right there, but you can't get on top of it. You know, there was a great player that played for the Oakland A's that played second base, and he always wears, wore his helmet really down low over his eyes. And George Brett went up to him one day, and he said, Hey, Dick Green, how come you wear your helmet so low? He said, because I can't hit the high pitch, and if I can't see it, I won't swing at it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. That is yeah. tremendous. That is tremendous. It makes sense, too. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, but you know what? Everybody swings at that high pitch because it's so close to your eyes. Right. It looks like a, a strike, and then you just keep wailing at it, and they keep throwing it higher and higher, and you keep chasing it. It's, it's been a problem for, for Dalton. He knows it. But unfortunately, the whole league knows it, too. And he's getting a steady diet of that. Uh, Buck, my friend Mr. Barker made an interesting observation about Jose Barrios last night and about Jose Barrios' game. And I, th I think it's accurate. If, if that was last year, he may not have made it out of the second inning or the third inning. Nope. It, it may have gone pear-shaped on him. Um, we've had a chance to see this guy a lot now this year. Is there something you can pinpoint as to what has just this is the. I mean, he's not only the guy the Jays thought they were getting, Buck. In some ways, statistically, he's better than he was with the Minnesota Twins. What do you think explains that? He's controlling his misses. And he told me early in the spring, I asked him, I said, what was different last year than your previous years in the majors? He said, "I when I missed, I missed over the heart of the plate. And he's confident. He said, my stuff was the same. And you remember last year, even when he had that disappointing season, he had a bunch of good games, but mm -hmm. the ones that got away from him were like five, six, seven, eight earned runs, and yep. he couldn't stop the bleeding. This year, I mean, you can see it on his face. You can see it in the game how confident he is. And you're right. Last night, boom, 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 he's down a run in the first inning, and that was it. He settled in, and then he uh, you know, gave up the home run later to Hayward. But he's, uh, he's a very confident pitcher right now. And, you know, this Blue Jays staff is pretty good right now. Mm. And with the uh, prospects of getting Yunjin Ryu back real soon, uh, Kikuchi's throwing the ball better than anybody in rotation right now. And if I were the Blue Jays, I'd let him run. I'd just let him go. And, and uh, you know, I, I think they're getting to the point where they, they have to start believing what they're seeing because he's overmatching hitters right now. But Barrios and Kikuchi and Gosman and Bassett, they have really been good. And now with the addition of uh, Yunjin Ryu, this rotation can really put up some numbers down the stretch. Uh, Buck, did you see anything from Manoa in Seattle that would tell you back-to-back -back starts would be okay? I'm not saying great, be okay. 
Yeah, I, I think okay is the term that everybody is kind of uh, looking at right now. Nobody's expecting him to turn things around and be the dramatic uh, impact victory he was last year. I mean, you know, it's going to be a build-up situation, but there were many things that were encouraging about his outing. First of all, he was around the plate. He wasn't wild. He, he walked four, but he wasn't wild. Uh, his slider shape was better. He was a little quicker down the mound. In the Blue Jays, they, they time a pitcher from the moment he makes his first move to that front foot strikes the mound, and he was quicker. And that means he's got more life and more energy coming down the hill. And as a result, his fastballs and his breaking balls are going to have more movement and more life in the strike zone. So I think there were some encouraging moments. A couple of the walks he had, I, I'm not concerned about because I thought – he made uh, some pretty good decisions. He walked Cal Raleigh with one out on a breaking ball, and Raleigh had hit the Blue Jays really well. And then, uh, you know, he, he had a couple of other walks in the game that I thought, okay, he walked four. Two of them I had no problem with. But, uh, you know, he hit a batter, and, and, you know, he's always done that. But I, I think it was a step in the right direction. Uh, Buck, I, uh, I'm not going to ask you to play general manager, but, again, you've seen oh, a lot on, of this team. Good. Oh, I'll, I'll go ahead and ask you then. Great. Uh, look, n- not this team isn't going to be able to get everything it needs at the trade deadline. Uh, generally, it doesn't work out that way. Is there one area you think they must address? Uh, well, I just talked about the rotation, so I think that part's okay. Yes. I'd like to see another power arm, but Chad Green's on the horizon. So that's okay, too. Um, you know, Trevor Richards has has had a very, very good year. I, I don't want to see him pitching an awful lot in the seventh and eighth inning. Uh, I think he's a little bit earlier than that in the games. And last night he hung that change up to Max Muncy. But uh, with Chad Green coming, I, I think he can pitch uh, significant, important situations in the sixth and the seventh. And then you've got – and I was impressed with Cabrera last night. I thought mm-hmm. he was terrific. That was a good sign. But uh, I think they still need, and this might sound funny, they still need a right-handed bat. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe a, a, an everyday right-handed bat that could play on the infield, maybe play second base and push Merrifield out there in a platoon situation with Varsho or put Varsho over the center and put Merrifield out there. Whit Merrifield's got to play every day for me the rest of the way, yeah. the way he's swinging the bat, whether it's in second base or in left field. But it might be a right-handed bat, somebody that's, uh, you know, an on-base guy that's got some pop, uh, but also maybe got a little speed, too. So, you know, something like that I think would be a good addition to this ball club. But you never know. I, I, I think we've been surprised by the Blue Jays front office in the past, and uh, hopefully we'll be surprised again. Buck, thanks so much for joining us, man. Great insight as always. You know we appreciate your time. Uh, I know you'll love Dodger Stadium. Have fun tonight, and we look forward to your call. Thanks, Buck. All right, it should be great. Good to be with you guys. Thank you. Take care. That's Buck Martinez, uh, Blue Jays analyst. I know that Dodger Stadium is is uh, it's hard not to like, but uh, I know Buck is a special special place in his heart for uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> for Dodger Stadium. I think the parking there is a challenge up the hill and you're trying to get off the hill with all the parking. There's one way to get off it. Once you get to the park, I'm with you. It's yeah, just it's, getting to the park and getting out of the park. If you're, that's not the most fun thing to it do. Was, it was always great. If, I mean, if you're a writer, because you had a rental cars, you, you drive sure. to the park, you'd get there early. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, I said, just getting out of the car and going into the stadium and the view when you go down, I know Dan talked about the other thing that I've always found neat is 
when you're down on the level where the clubhouses are, they got all their trophies. You've got all the Cy Young on the wall. It's just remarkable. You've got these great black and white photos. Mm-hmm. You've got the, the Cy Young winners. I mean, Dodgers yeah. history is, is, just, is just so rich. And it's, and it's got kind of a, it's got a, a dated feel to it, but a very comfortable feel to it. And the big thing is yeah. when you go there, you know you're at a baseball. Yeah, stadium. it's the it's the big leagues. That, that's all. You I know you're at a it's baseball. It's not a minor league stadium. park, so I was in love with that. I, I whenever he was talking about Dalton Varsho, yeah, and about the the elevated fastball with two strikes. Yep. That that I, and I I was every time I watch him hit, and every time I watch a left hander hit that has some challenges with the elevated fastball with two strikes, they're not going to abuse it up there. But sort of every lefty that has an issue with it knows it's coming with two strikes. And I just wonder, they say don't swing at it. Most of the time, it's a strike. So you have to get on top of it somehow and hit it somewhere. Like you're trying to pull that foul. You're trying to foul it off. You're trying to hit the bottom part of the baseball. You're trying to at least create some backspin to maybe foul that straight back. I just wonder as a left-handed hitter who's been taught to always look down. Look down, look down, look down. Got a little natural uppercut in your swing. How do you do that? How do you combat the elevated fastball? I don't know if there's a two-strike approach. If you, I mean, Buck made the interesting point about the helmet being low and you can't see the elevated fastball, which, which is funny. And I know it's laughable, it, having, but that, that means the dude actually thought about how to figure it out. Having an, enough of a memory of those A's teams, that was when I just started watching baseball. Dick Green did. Yeah, it, it was like. This is my Down point. There. This is my point. Why have we not seen Dalton Varsho do that? Stand on your head if you have to. You know it's coming. Why haven't we seen him do that? Why haven't we seen, because this is the land of the adjustments and you got khakis running all over the place, you should tell you how to do this and stand on your head and, you know, hit right-handed if you're left-handed. It's That's the thing is, right? It's You know it's coming. You're a big league hitter. I, I've sat at home and thought about if I were, because that would be the pitch they would try and get me out with. I had an uppercut in my swing too, how I would try and figure out how to, you know, have a two-strike approach. It wouldn't be Dalton Varsho's same exact OO swing with two strikes that he has. That's my point is, wh- why hasn't the adjustment been made? It's like the breaking ball down and away from a righty. Oh, Okay, they throw it to you all the time. Yeah, but well, why I, that adjustment hasn't been made? That's the point. I is, mean, we're asking this in July. Maybe it's the, the, the adjust, maybe the adjustment can't be made. There it is. Because I don't believe maybe they're just not good enough hitters to make the. There's adjustment. two reasons. Maybe that's that it, it couldn't happen. One, the dude is stubborn. I don't think that's the case that's anymore. It. I don't think that's the case anymore. Because he's hitting 200. Because stubborn goes out the window when yeah, you're hitting 200. Exactly. Dude, he just can't do it. Yeah. I think the reality sometimes is that. And I just wonder in the offseason, that's where the reason why I asked Buck. And plate awareness was the reason why I'm sitting here with you. Mm. <laughs> I mean, let's not, let's not lie about it. Like, it, it is oh, a God. fact because I had tons of power. And if I could have just laid off the yeah, ball that was a ball. I guess in, you could put it that way. That's facts. Was in. I mean, I if like, I could have laid off that, it would have been, uh, you know. I mean, I like to think that, you know, given the chance, you might have still been here with us. <laughs> and you wouldn't, it's not like you'd be playing forever. Sure sounded like he did. Did you guys think he was talking about Tim Anderson, right-handed hitter that can play second base and push uh, Whit Merrifield into the outfield? Tim Anderson's a negative war player right now. Uh, But uh, the White Sox are looking to move him. 
I'm just trying to see what he's done lately. Sure would help putting Varsha where he needs to be probably the rest of the season to put Witt in left field, put somebody at second who can play a little bit of second every single day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Makes yeah. a little sense. I mean, and 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 with all due respect, it's got to be somebody better than than Santiago Espinal. So I'm just looking at the – I mean, he's raised his average from – He's gotten better, is your point, I think. 226 to 241. Uh, he's hitting, what, eight of his last 10 games? I mean, I guess. I he's guess. not the guy I would pick, but. But if it's not going to. Just don't do anything and load up on your bullpen. That's what I'd do. If you're going to bring that name in. Yeah, I you mean, it depends. Bring that well, name it, in and, and as long as it, if it doesn't cost, if it if it doesn't prevent me from doing what I have to what's do, what's going to cost like, you? Like Whit Merrifield, Something. what did Whit Merrifield cost them? Joel Piamps? Was that, they? Who did they trade for for Whit Merrifield last year? I don't even remember. Thank you, Max Castillo. Traded Max Castillo for Joel Piamps. If it's going to take Max Castillo ish, or for Whit Merrifield, it's going to take a Max Castillo ish guy to get a guy like Tim Anderson. Yeah, maybe you do that. I don't know. Maybe somebody thinks they can reinvent the wheel with Mitch White or Thomas Hatch. Just saying. Uh, time now for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet uh, Rivers, Mr. Mr. Poffo. All right, guys. So we're looking at the Jays' team total tonight against the Dodgers. They needed 11 runs to go over this total yesterday. Uh, four and a half is what it said at Bet Rivers. What say you? Julio Rios has not been really good. Last seven starts got an ERA of over six. Yeah. 25 earnings and 35 and two-thirds. He got back leg cityed. He, by the Orioles in his last start. Well, and take a but look. But he at, does have big spin on the on the slurve, which yes. is, if you'd noticed, kryptonite. The Jays don't like that, and they don't like the fastball yeah. in. That's why I mentioned the plate awareness. You got a bunch of dudes who are very aggressive early on close pitches. He's been he, awful he's against good, some well, bad teams. Well, though, the velocity's too, down on the fastball. Yeah. That's why. I mean, it's down a couple of a couple of miles an hour, which is not the greatest of things. Long story short, I'm taking the under. <laughs> Huh? Like I just because Vladdy has in a homer off a lefty all year. He's got like six RBIs and over 50 at-bats. I mean, they don't get a ton of at-bats off of lefties, but he's really good at home. His ERA in six starts at home is a little over two. Yeah, he, I'm taking he, the under. He does. He, I mean, it he's took a him di- 11 he, innings to get six, he's and a one of their pitcher. worst hitters got the two runs that took him to six. I'm, I'm taking the under. I'm with you. He's a different, he is a different pitcher at Dodger Stadium. Take the over. No, I'm taking the under. <laughs> I'm taking the under. I'm taking the under. Uh, every time we agree, we're never right. Well, then I'll take the over. <laughs> Can I just... Uh... <laughs> no, I'll take the under. Because I, 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 I was thinking the same thing. I mean, he's given up run a lot of runs to some bad teams, but then when you look at his home road splits, yeah, I'm definitely taking Against the under. Against lefties, because they don't face a ton of them, I, I was looking for some clever stats like I normally get. Yeah. There is none. There is none. They're just <laughs> it not. Just, it just, again, this means that they're going to have to be better at taking yeah. the close one to get the sweeper or the slurve that's not real good. Do you think they're capable of doing that one through nine? Mm, that's your no. that's your question. And if your question, your answer to that question is, then take the under. 
I'm taking the under. Yeah, and I also don't know. I mean, Buck, What's some score Buck, 15? Buck didn't know. Buck did make an interesting point, though. I mean, with the load management thing, I guess we're going to call it that happening. Uh, you've got to think they've got an off day Thursday. They've got 17 and 17, so they're probably going to give, I would think in the next two days, Bucks right Springer Guerrero Chapman yeah. somebody's probably going to get me, some time off. Let me, let me, I'm taking the Can under. I can I can I be I'm honest with you? Under. When I heard him say that about Springer, yeah. Springer's earned the booing. I mean, let's not lie about that. Like he's earned the to right to be booed in Dodger Stadium. So oh, because of the know, oh, no, no yeah, question. That's no, what I Buck did. was talking about. Yeah, is, with is John trash. was thinking about giving him some load management because he's getting booed in Dodger Stadium. That's why. It yeah. has nothing to do. He's playing every day. Yeah, no, that, that's the thing to do is go to the Dodger Stadium. He's being booed. Okay, well, put some earplugs in. <laughs> they need you. This load management thing this time of the year, I, I, I think, is laughable. I mean, it is part of baseball, and I know I'm not even looking at you. I know that I it's part of it, I, but come on, I look. I mean, I guess I just in, in the case of Bo, I don't think it's laughable because it's it, if the hand is bugging him, then you know what the hell? Why not? You're going to give him a day. Give him a day. He's different. Yeah. He's different. It's not because of load management. It's just because he needs a day off. That was Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game, so we're both taking the under. Yeah, I, I haven't been real good at these the last couple of days, but hey. I feel confident in this one. Mark? I just see a lot. I just see a lot of balls dying in the outfield. Oh, I see, I see like a 17 hopper to the <laughs> second baseman and the... Half run to first. Mark Feinsand is executive reporter with MLB.com. My old job. He's also an MLB network insider. Mark Feinsand joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet. <laughs> 